Hello and welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Hey Jonathan, how's it going? Going well. I'm in Fort Smith, Arkansas. I, I, I kind of uh, messed up last week on last week's episode. I said I'd be back in Nashville. Well, I was. I'm not anymore. Um, and now I'm, you're gone again. I'm, I'm here in Fort Smith, Arkansas with Dr. Rayner, traveling with him. Uh, had a chance to go by the Lifeway here tonight. It was pretty funny. We walk in the store and... The assistant manager is like, oh, <laughs> I know y'all. Hello. <laughs> which, is, which is pretty interesting because he, he wasn't really expecting us, I don't think. Well, it's kind of a surprise. It, it would be, what was What's that show where the boss like... Undercover boss. Pretends. Yeah. Yeah. It's too bad you guys couldn't pull that off. Yeah. It, Dr. Rainer's kind of well known. So, especially in our stores because the managers and associate managers, they they uh, they come to the they things know. that he speak at every year. You know, the big managers meetings right, and stuff like that right. so they see him he's kind of yeah. known there's a yeah, few books of his so. in there so yeah. i guess so anyway well how about you amy oh my week's been good we're getting ready for the school year that's uh the kind of the norm we picked up our kids over the weekend so everybody's home now and uh just trying to have these last few weeks of summer before routine kicks up again yep and you went zip lining Yes, I did. Uh, Saturday morning in the right outside of Asheville, uh, mm. Saluda. Um, it's called the Gorge um, Zip Line, and it's really intense. I was scared out of my mind, and then I had so much fun. I had no idea how like secure it is, and the second it got started, it was one of the most fun things I'd ever done. I loved it. And before we get into the, this week's episode, we want to remind everybody to head over to equip.sbts.edu, the new resource from the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary and Boys College. It's called Southern Equip, a lot of practical tools and everything over there and ministry resources for you. Uh, you can download a free copy of Essential Reading on Preaching from the website over there at equip.sbts.edu. So head over there and get your free book and uh, check out the other resources they've got from our friends at the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary and Boys College. All right, Amy, it's kind of a slow news week again. It's been a kind of slow month, I guess you could say, in the SBC. Uh, July, a lot of people on vacation, a lot of pastors out. Um, so just not a whole lot going on, but we have a few things going on. We had a big event this week, and that's the SIN Conference down in Orlando. Yes. Uh, were you there? I was not, unfortunately. None you of us, not, we were, neither one of us were able to make it this year to the SIN Conference, which right. I, I kind of hate. Right. Yeah, I hated missing it. We had some folks from Southeastern uh, that were there, and I heard great things about it. Um, but it seemed like a lot of uh, a lot of excitement. I saw a lot of action on uh, social media, Twitter in particular. Yep. And since we weren't there, we were able to get a hold of Dustin Willis, who's uh, the director of the events and marketing for North American Mission Board, and he uh, gave us a quick uh, ten minute interview, and we got that for you here, and kind of recapping what went on this week in Orlando at the Send Conference. Joining us this week on SBC This Week is Dustin Willis. He's the Executive Director of Marketing and Events for the North American Mission Board. Coming off the heels of the SEND Conference this past week, uh, one of three that was hosted in 2017, this one in Orlando. Dustin, I, I know it's been kind of a, a busy week for you. Yeah, it's been a very busy week. been a great week, though. Uh, First Baptist Orlando hosted us this week um, of the three. It's the one that we did uh, and were able to do in a church setting, and it was an incredible week. I thought one of the most incredible things, I've been in that sanctuary now, and I saw pictures from Send this past week, and 
it looked nothing like a church setting. You mentioned, you know, one of the ones that was in a church setting that that looked like a full on just like arena type production, man. That that thing looked amazing. Yeah, we we really man, we have a great team. And uh, one of the things we want to do is send conference and uh, we'll probably talk about it in a minute. We've got a one coming up in a few years. But one of the things that we really want to be intentional about uh, and we wanted to be intentional with this one and the ones to come is. We, we want to see the next generation of our church leaders, pastors, planters, those that will be, you know, teachers, engineers, but living out the mission of God. We, we want to see students at these conferences. And so if we're going to reach the next generation, uh, we, we've got to be very intentional on how we do that. And so even how we did the production, what it looked like. Uh, we were very intentional with it, and uh, it, it, it came off, uh, we think, really well. Yeah, it did. And, and So give us a quick recap. I know you had uh, Vance Pittman speaking there, you had J.D. Greer, you had David Platt. Uh, I think I saw Danny Aiken's name pop across Twitter as well. Uh, just give us a kind of a recap of what the, the main speakers uh, talked about and each of those, and then we'll kind of talk about some of the breakouts after that. So Vance kicked us off and did a great job. Uh, you know, a few years ago in Nashville when we did the conference. Yeah, you had a pinch uh, we, hit. He had to pinch hit. He stepped in and he and he hit a home run. Oh man, so he crushed he, it! I remember that one. That was fantastic. Yeah, he hit home run. So he's in the, he's in the lineup now, right? <laughs> <laughs> he works his way into the lineup with no yeah. problem. And uh, so he was the leadoff for Orlando and did an absolute incredible job. And really, he spoke out of the book of Acts and talked about how the church of Antioch was really it wasn't planted by the apostles, um, and it was planted by quote unquote them. And them being kind of your ordinary, everyday person living out the mission of God. And so that really set a great tone for the whole conference. Uh, and then David uh, preached that night. Uh, he preached at Esther 4 and talked about um, really what does it mean for us to answer the call to God to go anywhere at any time to live out God's mission no matter what it costs us. And uh, very, very strong, compelling uh, message and right right from the heart of of David Platt and so very encouraging. Then Trip Lee uh, the next morning. A lot of people know Trip, you know, as a as an artist. Yeah. Uh, but it, he uh, he opened the Word, taught Romans ten, and was very clear, very clear on the greatest evangelists we have, the greatest preachers we have is the everyday person. Uh, and when Romans ten is talking. It's not talking about preachers preaching. It's talking about everybody preaching. So great message on personal evangelism. And then, yeah, and then J.D. wrapped the whole thing up and did a great job and talked on the life of Stephen and how Stephen was, again, not an apostle, but an everyday person and uh, really talked through the kind of four convictions uh, that Stephen had and what those would look like in our lives and how we'd really literally flip the world upside down if we drew those in. So it was, it was strong, uh, very powerful, very encouraging. And, uh, I think anybody who was there, uh, walked away with this, the mission of God has been given to me and I've got to live it out. I got the power of the Holy spirit to do it. Yeah. And worship led by, I saw Crowder and, uh, Aaron Ivy and them. Yeah. So Crowder, uh, he led on, uh, night one and it was great, a lot of fun, but really led us in worship in, in a, in a very compelling way. And then, Aaron Ivy and uh, the folks from Austin Stone, which is one of you know one of our great churches in Austin, uh, they they kind of led us uh, and shepherd us most of the time and did a great job. And then we had two other uh, worship leaders, uh, Hector Gabriel, who actually is a professor at California Baptist University, uh, led us some. And then Thomas Keys, uh, who is out of Calvary Baptist in Shreveport, Louisiana, led us as well. And so it was it was they did a great great job and we loved having people that not just bands that are on you know charts but really having uh, folks lead us who lead in the church every yeah. week yeah 
And, and you know, we, we kind of mentioned the, the breakouts as well. Uh, you, you talk, you talked a lot about how it, it, this wasn't just a conference for pastors. This is for everybody, the engineers, the, the teachers, the, the, the people that are going to work, you know, nine to five every day and living on mission where they are. And I know you talked a lot about that in the breakout specifically. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, we had people like, uh, Jimmy Scroggins, Jimmy pastors down at family church, uh, for the listeners who don't, don't know it's, which is down in West Palm beach, Florida. And I don't know any church in the country that's sharing the gospel, uh, and the just normal gospel conversations at work or wherever. And Jimmy, Jimmy is leading out in that charge. And so Jimmy led, we, we, he led in all, all three breakout times, uh, you, you had choices, but we, he, we wore him out while he was there. I can tell you <laughs> that. And, uh, and just people walking out going, I, I know I'm supposed to share the gospel. I know I'm called to share the gospel, but now I really know practically how to share the gospel. So Jimmy was one, uh, Russ Moore was there, uh, did a great job. Like you mentioned, Danny Aiken, uh, was there. Um, it, it was, uh, John O, uh, who is a church planner, uh, out of Atlanta. Yeah led and and it was awesome we, and we had an entire track that was um all uh uh in spanish and it, the the diversity of the crowd the diversity of the people that were there taking in the breakouts taking in the main sessions was incredible we had, we had one church uh, a korean church of over 275 people just from one church really there and so the diversity of age the diversity of ethnicity uh, really was just representative of what the church should look like. And so it was, it was really encouraging. Wow. That's pretty amazing. Uh, now you mentioned, you kind of alluded to it, the, uh, the next big send conference in a couple of years, uh, 2020 Atlanta Phillips arena. Yeah. We July 30th and 31st mark your calendars. I know it's three years from now. Somebody told me they're like, I don't even know if I'll be at the pastor at my church by then. Well, um, we'll just come <laughs> with the other church. I mean, come on. <laughs> Yeah, just get the tickets and whoever you're with, bring them. Some pastors I know that'd probably be their second or third church by then, but that's that's a different topic. So. That's a different that's a different podcast, right? Yes. Yeah, no, we we are uh, so we put put it out there January 30, 31st. Um, people can go to sinconference.com and go ahead and read about it. The the the, the page is up, kind of tells you a little bit of, of the heartbeat of it. But yeah, 2020 Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, we're only going to do one. We want to see people from all over the country. Um, uh, and really all over the world, uh, show up for that one and pack out Phillips Arena right there in downtown. Uh, we'll be using the World Congress Center for breakouts. Um, and our hope is that it'll be super practical and people can walk away and know what their next step is and what they're going to do. And so, yeah, we're, we're excited about it. We'll do some stuff in between now and then, but uh, we really wanted to, to go ahead and get the word out that in 2020, uh, we, we want people to make plans. We want to see an enormous amount of students there, and uh, we'd love to see the majority of that arena uh, be, uh, be students and, uh, let them lead the way. I think I've heard, heard somebody say it this way. You know, if you go to a football game or something, the, the, uh, the wave always starts in the student section. And so we, uh, we, we really want to help see kind of the wave of mission start with students. And so a lot of great movements have happened that way. And so our, our push and press is that we student groups can go ahead and plan now to be there. And then, uh, and then from there, the rest of the church. All right. Well, uh, you mentioned sendconference.com. Uh, to catch uh, the all the information for the 2020 conference. What about the maybe some audio or video from this past conference? Is that available anywhere online? Yeah, so we'll be um, we'll be releasing uh, some bits and pieces of it online. Uh, we we told some really uh, just compelling stories of people that have lived out the mission of God. 
Uh, specifically, there's a story of a lady named Karen Watson that a lot of people kind of heard her story, especially in the last years we've been telling it. So we released that video yesterday so people can go and download that, use them in their church. Um, so a lot of, a lot of stuff is already out there. And then um, I believe that we're going to have the digital download card available, um, just a, a limited number of them uh, at, if you go to nam.net and get our store, I think we'll have a limited number of the digital download cards available there. All right. Well, sounds good, Dustin. Thank you for uh, taking the time. I, I know it's been a busy week. Thanks for carving out some time to talk to us. And uh, we're excited Absolutely. about uh, everything that went on in Orlando and also, you know, in Dallas and Southern California for the uh, the other two that you had this year. So it's, uh, yeah. it's good to catch up and we appreciate it. And all the best to Nam and uh, you and all the guys over there in the future. Thanks so much, Jonathan. Enjoyed it. All right. Thanks for that. Uh, that that was a great interview to hear about. Exciting to, to hear about. Uh, I think you mentioned Dr. Aiken doing a breakout. Lots of great stuff that happened. And we really appreciate Dustin taking the time. Yeah. I, I mean, Dustin, I mean, he's he's had a, a crazy week. You know, you can imagine what it's like after having a huge event like that. And then uh, just to take the time today, I really appreciated that. So uh, thanks again, Dustin and, uh, and Kevin Ezell, David Platt, everybody at North American Mission Board and IMB. Uh, for their work on the SIN Conference. Amy, we've got to put that date on our calendars for 2020 and uh, join them there in Atlanta for the, the big SIN Conference in uh, 2020 in Phillips Arena. That's going to be a blast. Looking forward to it. The one in Nashville I went to was wonderful. Uh, so hopefully uh, I'll get a chance to be there. Yeah, well, you got three years to plan. So well, yes. we got we got plenty of time to kind of get those plans squared away. It. Yes. So. Yes. All right. 2020. Well, yep, 2020. So a few pieces of news this week. Uh, President Trump, reversed the Obama administration transgender military policy uh, via some tweets this week. Not quite sure how this is going to shake out. There's a, a lot of discussion going on in this one. But, uh, again, a big story involving something that involves, you know, a kind of a lot of uh, religious liberty and, and First Amendment rights kind of things that we've been talking a lot about here on the podcast. Sure. This is uh, this is certainly something that, that when this sort of question was handled by the Obama administration. A lot of questions came up, a lot of discussion. Uh, so this week, I mean, I don't know about you. I wasn't really expecting that this week. There may have been some other people that sort of saw that it would come. Um, I was certainly surprised how it was, how it all came out. There's been a lot of reaction, a lot of discussion, even up to the end of this week as to how this will all happen. Like you said, so we've got a lot to, uh, to wait and see on. But uh, we have a, the Baptist Press article in the show notes that gives uh, a few quotes from some people, explains it a little bit more, and then some reaction uh, from Southern Baptists on it. Yep, and, and we've seen a lot of the transgender issues uh, in the bathroom fights. I know in your state, in North Carolina, that's been a, a big issue. Oh, yes. And this week, Everywhere. the Texas Senate is actually uh, preparing to send forth a, a bill out of the Texas Senate, and it's backed by a bunch of Southern Baptists out in Texas, quite similar to what you've seen in North Carolina, but we'll, we'll kind of keep an eye on that, too. There's an article sure. about that out there. Yeah, and that, uh, as we know well around here, leads to a lot of discussion. There were days where, I mean, the news was just nothing but that. Uh, so I'm sure, uh, I'm, I'm sure that Texas will see some of the same, and I imagine they won't be the last uh, state to be contending with this. You're right, Amy. We've seen this, I think, down in Mississippi. Uh, there was rumblings of one uh, possibly coming in uh, Tennessee, and I, I know probably a host of other uh, states, especially those uh, that are conservative-leaning, uh, would probably be seeing bills like this 
uh, possibly this year in the legislature or next year. So we'll kind of keep an eye on that. Speaking of states and, and state governments, up in Missouri, we have a Southern Baptist named to the Supreme Court uh, Chief Justice. Yeah, that's a kind of a big deal. Uh, Zell Fisher, he's a member of First Baptist Church, Tarkio. I hope I'm saying that uh, Say it correctly. fast and say it confidently. In, in, that's right. You know. Say it like you know. No one's going to question you. Um, the He became the new chief justice on July 1. So in, uh, in Missouri, the chief justices serve a two-year term, um, and then uh, the, the person that he uh, re- that he replaced or succeeded will remain on the Supreme Court. So it's kind of a rotation. Okay, so they, they remain an associate justice, and, and then you have the chief guy, and he just takes a two-year term right, and he just kind of cycle through. This, yeah, yeah. That, that's what it looks like. I don't know exactly how how everything works. But anyway, uh, he's the third Southern Baptist to serve as chief justice of the Missouri Supreme Court since 1997. Uh, so uh, there there's an article from... Uh, pathway, which is uh, the the uh, state paper in Missouri, and uh, it kind of lays out some of the history of that. I think that's pretty cool. Yep. Yeah. And I saw that this week. I had the the hard copy of the Missouri Baptist paper in my office this week, and saw that and said, "Hey, we missed this on the show, so we need to go back yeah, and, and so catch this up. one." So it was uh, posted, Very- I think, July 11th. So we we kind of yes. missed it a couple weeks ago, but uh, saw that and going to circle back there. Speaking of State Baptist Papers uh, got a change down in Florida. Uh, Kevin Bumgarner is leaving the Florida Baptist Witness. Yeah, I saw that today. Uh, he is headed to uh, go on staff at Bell Shoals. Yeah, with Baptist Stephen Rummage. Yep. So that's, uh, I know, very exciting for him. We will be eager to see uh, sort of what what's ahead for the Florida Baptist Witness. I know they have a lot to think through. So uh, we're really grateful for uh, Kevin's contribution to Baptist journalism and for his service. We really wish him the best at, at Bell Shoals. And uh, so we'll see, we'll see what's next for uh, the paper down there. All right. And Amy, it's, uh, it's another episode and another story about the Ark. Uh, we, we've talked. It, it Is seems. It in, have you made it there yet? I haven't made I it there yet. Have no, I haven't made it yet. Story. Okay. Been a little busy. Work. Um, so the Ark a couple weeks ago transferred their, the holding company transferred it to a nonprofit. There were some arguments over some tax stuff. So this week, after some PR and, and back and forth in the media, they transferred it back to the for profit. So, you know, you know, we talked about the, uh, the rainbow lights last week. This week, it's, it's the legal, kind of some legal maneuvering that's going on. There's a story in the, uh, the Kentucky, one of the Kentucky TV stations is, is covering this. So it just, continues to be in the news. Yeah, they do continue to be in the news. Um, I know that, that, uh, Ken Ham had done maybe an editorial or had written something in the local paper there. I have to find a link to that one too. Yeah. Kind of answering some of the questions that people may have had. So been a lot of misinformation about it in his defense. And he's trying to set the record straight here. Right. So they're definitely engaging the community around them. Uh, in things, but I'm sure, and and as I know, they're continuing to build things. I'm sure we will talk about uh, this park again at some point, and I hope the next time we do, it's because you've been. I don't know if that's going to happen anytime soon, but send him a ticket to the I, Ark I Encounter. Just, I haven't. I, I don't have time to get up there. So I know, and I know. and take four kids and a wife and me. I mean that that's not a 
cheap trip either. So anyway. Yes. All right. Well, uh, that, that kind of does it for the news this week. Again, a, a bit of a slow news week. Uh, NAM is thinking, huh, this was not a slow news week for us. Uh, same with IMB, I'm sure. But uh, with the SIN conference and everything. And uh, But before we move on to this week in SBC history, Amy, I got to say a shout out to the guy, the fine folks in Oklahoma. They sent me an Arthur Flake mug this week. Guess what? You got one too? Guess what I got today? You got one too? I got an Arthur Flake mug. There we go. So you I'm got one so too? I'm so excited. Outstanding. Yes. Um, it says, Arthur Flake is my homeboy. Um, so, And I, I haven't put mine on social media yet, but I'm going to. Uh, probably maybe about the time this drops, we'll see. Uh, but I was so excited when I opened that up. So thanks to Bob Mayfield at the, uh, BGCO for listening to the podcast. And then for, I couldn't believe they had those. I was very, very excited. Yeah. and was showing it around my office. It came in, the box came in and I'm like, what am I getting from the Baptist General Convention of Oklahoma? And it looks like a coffee mug box. I'm like, what kind of, I was so confused and I opened it up. And it just totally made my day. So that was that yes, was pretty awesome. So thanks, too. Bob, and all the, the fine people in Oklahoma for uh, for sending those to us. We really appreciate that. That was really cool. Dr. Rainer, was, he's jealous of it. So he loves it. He thought it was kind of cool. It's very cool. All right. Well, yes. that'll bring us to This Week in SBC History. Amy, blow our minds. Okay. This story is actually very interesting, but you know, a lot of times we throw things out there and then we say, okay, if anybody knows what happened, tell us. Well, I actually got the total story and it has kind of a sad ending, I think. Uh-oh. Uh, but we're going to start in 1976. Okay. So uh, it's in uh, Kansas City. If you go to, uh, based in Kansas City at Midwestern Seminary, so if you go to the Baptist Press um, issue from that week, it's the second story in the issue and the headline says, 328-year-old tree grew up with U.S. Baptists. And it is a story about how the Missouri Department of Conservation had discovered an oak tree. It was a burr oak that was at least 328 years old on the campus of Midwestern Seminary. Um, so they knew that it had to have been uh, born, as they said, uh, on or before 1648. So the angle of the story was, you know, the tree, this the... Phyllis Desbian, who was writing for Baptist Press, a uh, very, very good uh, writing here. She said, the tree was beginning to grow in the new world just as Baptists were beginning to emerge as an American denomination. And during that time, that controversial figures such as Roger Williams and John Clark established the colony's first Baptist churches and fought for religious liberty. So, I mean, drawing the connection and saying this tree is as old as Baptists are. Um, but the Missouri uh, conservation officials, they were doing this bicentennial program and designating liberty trees all over uh, the state. And um, I, I I guess it was kind of going back. You can read the story going back to connection with how trees had been connected with um, as symbols of liberty. Um, but anyway, the folks at Midwestern had asked the Forestry Service to inspect their trees to help them. And during the inspection, they discovered the tree. So they, um, they selected it as an official liberty tree. And it was one of the oldest of the 225 trees in the state. So really big deal. Well, of course, I'm reading this and thinking, well, this is just kind of interesting. I wonder, wonder what, what happened, happened to the tree. So I start like 
doing Google searches on, you know, burr oak tree and things like that on Midwestern. And then I find another story from that it had 2002. Been cut down, sawed up, no, and built no, into a no. swing set for the Allen children. No, no, no okay. not that. Um, that. So, first of all, there was, um, there was an ice storm. Oh, no. In 2002. Old trees and, and ice storms were, don't go well. Right. So there were two bicentennial trees, and it mentions it in the story, that um, that were destroyed. They were casualties of the ice storm. And then in the story, it mentions that another tree, estimated to be 355 years old, had fallen in a windstorm the year before. So between the windstorm in you know 2001 and the ice storm in 2002, all the trees that were bicentennial trees, uh, they were destroyed and didn't make it. Now, here's what I would like to know um, for any listeners at Midwestern. I, I, I wonder if there's anything designated or if there's any, if there's a stump, if there's anything kind of left of, of these trees. Stump. If, <laughs> if, I mean, sure, with a sign and everything. I would love to know that there's something there. So if if there's anybody from Midwestern listening, send us a picture. Where were these trees? I I think that it's pretty cool. And then I was very sad to know that 15 years ago they were gone. Um, Maybe so, it is that that playhouse for the uh, the Allen children. I don't know. <laughs> I I'm not even gonna. Of course not. I uh, no. No I one know. would use a Liberty tree for that. Uh, is is sad, but in 1976, really exciting, a, a connection to uh, a time way before our country was even founded, uh, the 1600s, and it happened. Uh, the discovery was reported this week in SBC history. Very cool. All right, so maybe I will be able to find that tree or the stump that remains when I'm up there in September. Maybe. So I, I think I'm going to go up to the For the Church conference at Midwestern. Okay. Uh, I, I'm I'm looking at going to that. It's kind of at a good time for me, so I've got time to do it at, at Lifeway. So uh, it's possible that I'll be up there in late September. So if I, if I am there, Amy, I'll check it out and see if I can find your tree or your stump. Check it out. Or a yes. two-by-four that's There's got to be somebody up there that put was— on a plaque. The, there's got to be someone that's still there that was there like 15 years ago or whatever oh, I'm sure that there remembers is. the truth. I'm sure there is. So, so we'll, we'll see. Have to make the connection. See if we can figure that out. So that'd be uh, yes. that's fascinating, though. A 350-year-old tree, that's just that's hard to wrap your head around. Crazy. Yeah. Yes. Well, thanks for that, Amy. And uh, that's going to bring us to our resources of the week. Amy, your resource of the week is? Um, my resource is the new CSB Reader's Bible. Um, that is coming out. Uh, saw a little bit of action about it on Twitter today. Now, my favorite still is the She Reads Truth of course. CSB. Of course. Um, but I love this new kind of movement, these reader's Bibles that sort of take out the um, all the sort of separation chapter and verse and have an easy flow of reading. Uh, just because I think for the reading experience, it's different, it's unique. You kind of see uh, the passages in a, a different way. And I'm a big fan of uh, the CSB already. And uh, I'm, but, uh, but I'm very, very happy to know that they're coming out with a version like this. Uh, so that is my resource. I cannot wait uh, to get mine because I want to have that on my shelf. Uh, even as I stick with my She Reads Truth version primarily or my she reads truth bible primarily 
I, I want to have that reader's Bible on hand. Well, very cool. All right. Well, mine is kind of tied to that. You mentioned uh, the She Reads Truth. We have been going through the She Reads Truth, He Reads Truth, and Kids Read Truth uh, version of Romans. Uh, they have, you know, the books that they have for that. We've been doing that as a family at the house. Uh, Best got the She Reads Truth, obviously. I've got the He Reads Truth. And the kids, the two older kids, have been doing the uh, the Kids Read Truth. And so every day there's a Bible reading for the adults and, and you know, reflection. But for the kids, they have a, a verse and a, an activity or something related to that. So it may be a, a word search. It may be a crossword, whatever it may be, coloring pages, whatever. The kids have really enjoyed it. We've had a great time the last couple of months going through this. We usually just do uh, read through the Bible with the kids' Bible that we have, a 365-day chronological Bible uh, that we've got. But uh, we, we took a break from that right. to do this. Uh, the, the family reads truth, really. And we've been doing that. And it's just been amazing to see the kids. They really enjoy it. And my four-year-old, Micah, there's a Bible verse that goes along with each week. And he has memorized every Bible verse. And it's basically the Romans road. So like you ask Mike, all right, to say your Bible verse. And he'll row through Romans 3.23, 6.23, 5.8, 10.9, 10, and so forth and so on. It's it's pretty pretty amazing. I got this four-year-old that's just memorizing scripture because we're doing this uh, this family you know emphasis on he reads truth, she reads truth, and reading through Romans together. And uh, you know, my four-year-old and even my two-year-old is uh she's she's trying. She's memorizing some of them, but she can almost say all four of the verses that we've gone through so far. And uh, Micah's got them all down, though. But uh, it's, it's pretty amazing. That's very cool. I like that. We'll, we'll have to check that out in our house. Mary and I have done some... Um, Your kids may be a little too old. They may be. And, and Mary put the She Reads Truth app on, uh, on her phone. And she was really interested in some of those plans. And she loves my She Reads Truth Bible. So yeah. I think we may have to get her one of those. So it, we may be sort of past that, but I still, I think it's great. I love it. Yeah, the the, the Bible memorization is, is phenomenal in those. Uh, it really pushes toward that. And and Micah, uh, you know, he's four. He's not really old enough to do the the writing stuff because he can't write, read and write yet. He, I mean, he's still in pre-K. I uh, hadn't even started pre-K really. Uh, but, you know, he can memorize Bible verses if he's saying them. And then, but my, you know, fourth grader yeah. is loving the the actual activities and stuff. So if you've got a, maybe kindergarten through fifth grade, uh, it's perfect for that. So for those of you listening, uh, you know, check out the, the Kids Read Truth stuff from uh, She Reads Truth. Excellent. All right. Well, that's going to do it for our episode this week, Amy. I uh, want to thank again our sponsor, the equip.sbts.edu site. Go over there, check out, get that free copy of Essential Reading on Preaching from the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary and uh, everything they've got over at Southern Equip. Amy, I know uh, you, you mentioned... Kids getting back in school. My kids start school this week, which is crazy oh, wow. to me. August 1st, giddy up. Let's go. And uh, I know my wife is excited <laughs> about that. Yes, I understand. So, uh, you know, four kids at the house all summer long. She's uh, she's glad to have a couple of them back in school. Uh, the others will start, you know, some uh, preschool stuff here before long. But, uh, you know, it, I know school's coming around the corner for you guys, both uh, at work and you know, with your kids, but uh, it's a busy time. A lot of churches got things kicking off as well over the next month or so. Yeah, um, yours. You all always start a lot earlier than we do. Uh, we didn't. The kids didn't get out until the day that we left for Phoenix. Good grief! So wow. we were way. Yeah, that I was might have been out for a couple day. of weeks. Yep, we picked them up from school, came home, and got the suitcases and headed to the airport. Wow. Um. So. 
in some ways, I mean, we really do have a month left. And of, took the vacation uh, for summer. the rest of the summer. So well, they certainly did. They <laughs> basically they basically were on between uh, the beach and grandparents and the out west, everything. They basically were on summer vacation away just until this week. Uh, so they're enjoying being back home. But we got a little while before school starts. All right. And we will uh, keep an eye on the SBC world for the next uh, week. And we'll see you next week. See you next week. <laughs>